the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into our second hour this Monday, November 16th. We always head into our second hour on Mondays with the great Brandon Weikert. He is the publisher of the Weikert Report and the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, one of my uh, favorite people and one of the smartest people on the scene today. Brandon, happy Monday. Thanks for joining us. Happy Monday. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Your check will be in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> just because we live in this age, let's just stipulate that nothing like that ever transpires here. We had a scandal about that in radio once upon a time some years back. Okay. We don't know. Okay, just, you know, everyone's just a little touchy these days. I want to clear that up. All right. We got a bunch of calls and we'll do them with you and uh, talk a little politics and a little national security. That's what we're um, we're in touch with you about mostly. Where do you see the political scene right now as a um, as a um, as an analyst and then first and then second as a conservative? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think the president did a bang-up job of fighting to the end. Um, but I think it's, it's very clear that we have lost the White House. Now, hold your breath. That doesn't mean the sky is falling and everything's over. What that gives us now is we've fortunately been able to, to gain seats in the, in the House. I suspect we're going to hold on to the Senate far better than we did in 2008 when Obama took over and we truly had no power in either house. Right. We are going to be able, and I talked about this with you last week a little bit, my understanding is McConnell has never been on fire like this. And I take great heart in what seems like it's going to be a great hold-the-line action from here on until definitely 22 and hopefully 2024 where we will be galvanized and marching forward as a movement as never before with new voters. I mean, we had expanded our vote uh, this, this last time, and so it's a multi-ethnic workers' party that's being formed. All of this is good. All of this is good. Um, it's very sad the president will not be able to fulfill a second term right away, but it's not the end of the world, and I think that all of the doomsaying on the right needs to stop because we are going to have, I think, a reinvigoration of right-wing politics, uh, unlike anything we've seen in at least a generation. And uh, in defeat, at the, at the, in terms of losing the presidency, we may actually be better suited for a long-term uh, competition in which we can win. Um, and so I'm I'm opti- cautiously optimistic about the future as both a you know a voter for the Republican Party as well as a, a movement conservative. And I think that that there's new blood being infused into the party. We just have to embrace it. We have to prevent certain elements on the right, the entrenched elite, from falling into bad old patterns. And so they have to accept the new paradigm, which is we are a working class party. 
I love it. Let me let me let me now play advocate with you or angels or devil's advocate. Not sure which <clears throat> that uh, you know we've been tossing around here a little bit the last hour, a little bit the last week, which is um, and and then I want to say something about the optimism too, uh, which I do share with you. Yeah. We when when you say we're not going to see a second term immediately from Donald Trump, are you willing to throw in the towel on claims of irregularities that might amount to fraud? So or do you I think it's worked, just not enough to change? Or or or, or, think, or say whatever you want, whatever you whatever you well listening. well and and I think I think you started to hit the nail on the head. I think that there I've worked elections since I was sixteen. Yeah, I've seen a lot of dirty things, a lot of bad things, and it's never enough. Even when you fight it in the court, it's never enough to overturn an election. Rarely, in fact, I've never been a part of an election where it was overturned. Even though we complained about fraud and and poll watchers not being allowed. Not allowing poll watchers. I mean, I was part of the, the 2012 in Florida when the Romney people weren't allowed to poll watch certain districts in Miami-Dade, and they fought it in the courts. It doesn't matter. It's the 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 burden of proof on those contesting the election is so great, and the vote totals are so great now in Biden's favor that you're talking about a systemic legal battle across multiple states and multiple courts, all of which have to fall on Trump's side, which I just don't think is possible. Um, and and you can prove episodically, yes, I think occasionally there were questionable things going on, but the question is, what are you trying to get out of it? The most you can get out of this maybe is a recount, but as we know from these other states where there's questionable activities, the, the questionable ballots from mail-in were merged with the regular ballots, which means that there's, you're just going to be recounting everything you counted in the first place. So it's, it's not going to yield, I don't believe, the result that you're hoping for. And there's no way a court is going to overturn. They're not going to step in on something this big and important and overturn what they believe, however flawed, the uh, will of the people are. So all I'm saying is I think it's time for the conservative movement to recognize Trump put up a heck of a fight. Trump was right to challenge this stuff in the courts. But now it is clear, to me at least, and I, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be the first time ever like something like this happens, uh, that, that, that an election is going to be overturned. It's not going to happen. And I think we as a movement have to plan for the next four years. And it, it's unfortunately going to be one in which we don't have the White House. One of the things that I wanted to we'll, – we'll, we'll, we'll have calls on this, no doubt, and that's fine. We'll take them. Uh, what, one of the things uh, about the optimistic side – is though Joe Biden can do a lot of damage with executive orders, we can fight yeah. those in court too, of course, as gosh knows Donald Trump's were fought. But I think yeah. you're right about the Senate it makes Georgia critically important. It looks like yeah. one of them is going to be a little easier to win. This this Raphael Warnock, what a piece of work, huh? Yes. Um, yes. That having been said, I wanted to say something about our bench and it's a good bench in a way that I don't recall seeing in a long time. I mean, you'll come yeah. up with others, but off the top of my head, between Tom Cotton and Christine Noem and Ron DeSantis and Josh Hawley, you'll name five more. This is a good bench. Yes, I I would say for me, uh, the, the, the troika for me that will lead us to the next generation so far 
would be in no particular order the big three Mike Pompeo, Tom Cotton, and Josh Hawley. Perfect. Those are that's, the three. That's, a, that's a strong wall. That's a strong wall. I think that's a strong wall. And what does so Pompeo that, do? What does he do? Does he run for elective office somewhere? I think he has to. Yeah. I think he's got to. I think he's got to keep his hand in the game. Yeah. Out of the game. Maybe governor. Maybe governor gets some executive experience under his belt. Um, the point is, though, we do have a strong bench. It'll get stronger too. By the way, yeah. the great thing about being listen, listen. I don't want because people on the right they say, "Oh, well, that's beautiful loser talk." I am not a beautiful loser. I'm telling you. I just accept reality at certain points, and so four years in op or two years at least in opposition. Look what happened in the, from 2008 to 2010. We had some really great stars and a real good refinement of the right in terms of its ideological appeal, its messaging, yep. its how strong it was going to get. The next two years, you're going to see that refining process. Yep go on, and you'll have more stars rise. You'll have people and a better Republican Party today. based on the demographics it now Republican has, as you Party. said. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And by the way, I know for a fact, you know, I used to work on the Hill, and I still stay in touch with my colleagues on the Hill. I know for a fact that the Republican leadership, particularly people like Mitch McConnell, know exactly what the, the Democrats did to Trump and the Republican Party these last four years, and they have not forgotten, and there's a reason that McConnell and the boys are looking the other way while Trump takes this thing all the way through the courts, even though they don't really think he can win it. But there's a reason for this. It's because they know what the Democrats have done, and they are now taking their cues from how low the Democrats went. And so even with people like McConnell, who are a little old school, I'm telling you, you're going to see a newfound fight in them that we never saw during the George W. Bush years and even during the Obama years. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think Donald Trump and the MAGA movement gave Mitch McConnell a better party. It's a new lease yeah. on life. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. All right, you and I are going to get a little pushback. That's fine. We'll we'll deal I'm with sure. it. And, uh, and uh, we'll deal with it on the other side of this break if that works for you. I'm that Seth Leibson. Like He's Brandon Weikert. We've got to talk national security now, too. I know you're hearing things. Let me put in a word for balance of nature as we go into the break. It's the only product I take. I take it every single day. I love it. Going on almost a year and two months of taking it. Haven't been sick once. I attribute that to balance of nature. I usually get sick about four times a year because I'm getting tens of thousands of vital nutrients with a single daily dose of everything from blueberries to broccoli. It's just fantastic, and they are extending their great deal of free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give Balance of Nature a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We have Brandon J. Weikert with us, publisher of the Weikert Report, author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Brandon, uh, we're going to take a few calls. A couple folks uh, want to talk a little bit more about the election fraud case, and then I want to move on to future and current national security issues, which are already bubbling up out of the cauldron. First, Lita is in Phoenix. Lita, you're on with Brandon Weikert. Hi, Hello. how are you? Hi, Brandon. Nice to see you. Very good. Thank you for, for, for calling in. It's the first time I've called. I've listened to you every day, Seth. It's a great show. Oh, but I just, my feathers got ruffled a little bit when sure. you said that uh, probably pretty much Biden's going to be president. I think Sydney Powell might have something to say about that. She's been all over the airwaves 
uh, these last couple of days talking about how much, uh, 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 gee, how much, uh, what am I trying to say? How much, you know, how much, uh, proof she's got to, yeah, I, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about, Lita, and I'll put it out for the rest of the audience too. Brandon, I think you know what Lita's talking about. So yeah, what Sidney Powell said yesterday on Maria Bartiromo's uh, show, we have the audio if we want it, but what she said is she has enough evidence of fraud, so much so based on uh, the computer systems, so much so that it will that it's coming in like a fire hose and she will yeah. she will show Donald Trump will have won the presidency not by hundreds of thousands of votes. By, but by millions. Now, when I heard that, I thought that's a bold claim. And it's such a bold claim that it, if it's true, it should be easy to prove if you're going to set that expectation. So it's on her to show it or not. And if it's as yeah. if she has the kind of evidence or proof that she says she does, it shouldn't be hard. But she has set a very high threshold of expectation that she now has yeah. to make good on. And one hears those numbers and hears that kind of statement. One obviously raises their eyebrows and sits up a little more, a little more, a little straight, a little more straightly to say, whoa, this is either too big to be true or too small to be true. Is it possibly yeah. true? Is it po strange things have happened? How true was it? How who would have believed that, you know, any number of things could have happened this year or on September 11th or with President Clinton? But it's a big claim that I'd leave to you to address. Yeah. Well, just, um, you know, I don't want to take away hope from anyone. And I would be the first one to be dancing in the streets if if she could, you know, do that. I'm, unfortunately, I uh, do not believe the claim. I think that from my experience, and I have a lot of experience working elections, I, like I said earlier, I, I've never seen an election overturned. I, I hope that she can prove it. I really do. As somebody who's sitting, you know, kind of on the sidelines, who is involved in overall conservative politics, I have to tell you, it is not healthy for the movement to hang our hat on this particular claim. Because so many of my friends on the, on the Trump side uh, were hanging their hat on the Durham probe, which, as I, I got into a lot of trouble, there's a very famous radio personality that I once worked with, and he went off on me when I told him, do not expect anything from Bill Barr that is going to overturn, that's going to somehow bring all of the, the perfidiousness of the Russia collusion, because that's just not who Barr was. He's an institutionalist. And everybody on the right got very glommed on to this Durham probe, and it exactly led where I thought it would, which is nowhere, because you cannot prove these salacious claims. They're great to get clicks and ratings, and I, I appreciate people who want to fight, but ultimately, you, you, from a political standpoint, you have to hold your own and yet be realistic. And the idea that an election is going to be overturned when you've got now such a wide gap between the winning side in terms of votes and the losing side, at least on paper, and that you have one person claiming that they have millions upon millions of, of, of proof of votes that went the other way, that's, that's illicit. I mean, when that doesn't pan out, that's going to be a credibility issue, not only for that person, but for the organization that's supporting that person. And so we need to be very careful about latching on to salacious claims, no matter how cathartic they may be for us in this very sad moment of law.
it's on her to prove, right? It's on her to prove it. I mean, it's she's she set up the expectation, and it does. It hasn't helped. It hasn't helped that various points during the last week, various different spokespeople have said, "Tonight you're going to learn the real truth, and we're going to blow you right. away." It's embarrassing, and it never happened. It never came. I kept looking and looking, and it never came. I know. Well, just like the Durham probe, they were going right. to bring Brennan and all those guys right. in, and they were going to, you know, they were going to, you know, put them in the paddy wagon and humiliate right. them, and right. none of that happened. In fact, most of these guys are going to have jobs now in the <laughs> administration. Let me, I mean, it's ridiculous. Let me take another it's call, ridiculous. Greg in Phoenix. Greg, you're on with Brandon Weikert. Greg, are you there? Going once. Cool. Yeah, sorry. I, I oh, that's all right. Just so yeah, you that mute button. We know that. <laughs> all due respect to Brandon, and I do, and I do mean this sincerely. That's just not just a slogan. I do mean respect to him, but there is a giant difference between a fighter and a spectator. And we've seen a fighter in the White House for years, and we haven't had a fighter in the Republican Party for decades. You can talk about the people that we have in the bullpen, and that's all nice and dandy. Just specifically to the point you just made, is there any individual signature that's on the FISA application? that is roaming around free after that was proven to be a doctored or untrue or whatever. We're not talking about salacious stuff. That's just something simple. The only reason I bring that up is there's zero interest in anybody, anybody in that city, other than the Trump family, that wants to adhere to the rule of law. Now, you want to I sit agree. there and pretend your hair didn't stand on the back of your neck when you watched on TV as they Stopped all the vote counts. If your hair didn't stand up, then you've got no respect for people who fought for this country and died for this country in sandals and wrapped rags around their feet in the Revolutionary War. They okay, Greg, I take, I, I take the point, but we don't bullet. need we don't need to go there. We don't need to go there. Let Brandon respond. Well, my only response is I completely agree with the fact that Trump was a fighter. It's why I signed the lead both letters. In support of Trump, I I have always been uh, on the Trump side. I was a MAGA hat wearer before it was cool. I was walking around D.C. when I lived out here uh, and uh, wearing it. I, I, I'm for him. But at the same time, we now have to come to the conclusion that it's simply not going to be overturned unless some miracle, and I hope Hey, I would be very happy if, if this, this Sidney Powell claim proves true, but I really don't think it's going to work out the way we think it is because the last four years, we've, we've not seen it, the, the promises made about how for lesser bring claims, for things. lesser claims. Right. Yeah. It never, it never panned out. Here's another thing. You talked about the FISA war. Peter Strzok and Lisa Page both, I would argue, are probably financially better off now from the fame they accrued from they signed the FISA warrant. They got in trouble yesterday. They had to leave their jobs, but now they're they're bigger and better now, and they're Teflon now because the 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 system protected them mm-hmm. rather than going after them for creating that situation with the FISA court. So this idea that we're gonna we're gonna be able to suddenly snap our fingers has nothing to do with whether I want to fight her or not. Of course, I want a fighter, and I've said before on that show, Trump's a great fighter. He's the best fighter we've had since Reagan. But it doesn't mean that we're going to overturn the election, and we need to now start planning for an insurgency and the legislative and political scenes 
for the next four years. And let's talk. Let's talk about that when we come back. I, I, I sure. think it, it, it's not happy talk, <laughs> so to speak. It, it might be the most realistic talk there is. Let's do that when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brandon Weikert is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Brandon, let me talk a little bit about uh, what future, what the future looks like here if, indeed, Joe Biden is certified as the next president of the United States. I'll, uh, and, and, and we put the if there because we don't, we, don't, we don't know what, right. if, 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 if Sidney Powell will produce the goods or not. Um, I hope she does. She either does or I she doesn't. It. I mean, she's made a bold claim it. and it rests on that. And she either does or she right. doesn't. Um, what does it look like, first and foremost, with regard to places that have been uh, antagonistic at best – the three most uh, on our minds are that have been on my mind for for the last four years: China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. What does what does it look like? It's going to get very um, good for China. Uh, the for, uh, potentially the president-elect Biden has already indicated that he wants to be the quote global warming president, and in order for him to have a shot at doing that, he believes. He needs China on his side, so he's going to do whatever he has to to placate them. Now, the Trump administration is mulling some options right now that uh, would make it more difficult for a potential Biden administration to just reverse course entirely, at least in the beginning. But no matter what Trump does, you know, it's within two years, the, the effects of Trump actions at the end of his administration, will inevitably wear off. And the kind of administration it looks like Biden is putting together is going to have far greater control over our federal executive branch than the Trump administration was able to do. And um, because of the personal proclivities of the federal employees, um, it'll be more responsible to a Biden, responsive to a Biden administration. So it's going to be very hard to maintain this, this strong footing against China that we've had the last four years. Uh, and inevitably, you'll have a, a, a quieting down of tensions, I believe, which is not a good thing because we've been keeping China on guard. Uh, letting off the pressure now will allow China to reorient. Already, China signed this historic free trade agreement with 14 other Asian states that's going to seriously impact uh, U.S. national interests in Asia uh, negatively. Uh, they are already moving to, they've already announced last week that by 2030 they will be the technologically dominant power. And as David Goldman told me, they would not be talking about this publicly unless they thought they had a pretty darn good chance of accomplishing this now. And re- removing pressure from them will allow for that to occur. Meanwhile, Russia, we're going to, it sounds like with the inputs I'm being asked to give to people uh, in Washington, it sounds like the new administration is planning for, quote, revenge against uh, Russia, and uh, we're going to be fixated on them, at least for the next couple of years, in a very militaristic way. I think that's a mistake. But I'm not a policymaker, so that's not my job. I can't say anything more than that. Um, and it's going to be a distraction for sure. And it could actually push Russia and China closer together, which is a nightmare scenario for U.S. grand strategy. Uh, and then, meanwhile, we can expect uh, the Biden administration has already said their first one of their first actions will be to re-enter the Iran nuclear agreement, and uh, you can expect Israel to take bold action to try to stymie and delay that. 
Meanwhile, you can expect the Sunni Arab states, which have spent 40 years resisting, uh, only to finally start coming on board the U.S.-Israeli alliance. Those Sunni Arab states sensing that the U.S.-Israeli alliance is getting weak relative to Iran. The Sunni Arab states will make a deal with Iran that will harm U.S. interests, for sure. And then, of course, North Korea. I, you know, there was a great Washington Post, of all places, had a great headline after Biden was named president-elect last week in which they said that Kim Jong-un was watching that speech with one finger on the button mm. because Joe Biden said quite explicitly he is going back to the way things were done before Trump was elected. And I would remind everyone in your audience that before Trump was elected uh, was when North Korea had its greatest success mm -hmm. building out a nuclear missile and ballistic uh, nuclear weapons and ballistic missile program. They now have ICBMs capable of reaching anywhere in the world. And they're building that capability out. So we're doing all the wrong things. We're, everything's out of alignment now. We're going to be hard on Russia and uh, uh, North Korea and uh, soft on Iran and China. And in my opinion, China and Iran are far greater threats than North Korea and Russia. In fact, Henry Kissinger is worrying about drifting into a world war if we don't open up dialogue with China I actually think he's wrong. I think the world war is going to start in the Middle East with Iran if we're not careful. Brandon Weikert is our guest. We'll be right back. We'll take more of your calls, too. I see a couple on hold. We'll get to you, and there's room for more. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have with us Brandon Weikert, author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. I want to ask you some more policy questions, um, Brandon, if I can, but work in just a couple more calls left over on the election. If we can, Greg in Scottsdale. Hello, Greg. You're on with Brandon and me. Hey, Seth. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yeah, so... Without disrespecting your guests, because I know you have them on a lot, and I think I speak for the vast majority of your listeners in the conservative movement across the country, he's exactly why we voted for Donald Trump and exactly why we're not giving up. If he invokes the name of Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham or any of these political hacks, we, it just makes the rest of us nauseous. Mitch McConnell was nothing, and I mean nothing, without President Trump. He finally grew a little of a spine, but I'm sure he'll go back to his nothingness and being a bureaucrat as soon as these guys get their wishes and President Trump is, is escorted out of the White House. Nobody's going to convince me that he didn't win this election. And you can say I'm right-wing, you can say I'm all this stuff. But he, he won the election. You saw it through your own eyes. You saw the turnout. And the fact that he won 72 million votes and you say Biden won more than that, it's not true. It's the same mentality of the Republican Party and the leadership, except for President Trump, is why Benghazi doesn't get investigated, is why the Clinton Foundation doesn't get investigated, why nobody calls Tony, uh, Tony B. to the Senate to, to see what he knows. The list goes on and on, and us Republican conservatives, Donald Trump voters and supporters are, are through with it. We're done with guys like this who say to move on. And and that's why President Greg, Trump is it possible is it, is, is it is it possible that team. is it possible there are institutional issues that 
Donald Trump and we have tried to work on and can't move because our lever isn't big enough to do it all and erase 50 years in four years. I mean, you do know who Mitch McConnell's wife is, right? I know who Mitch McConnell's wife is, and I don't like it. Uh, well, I, okay, but you can't say like you, can't, you can't say Mitch McConnell is uh, nothing without his wife sits on Trump's cabinet. They're 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 pretty yoked together, and I'll let Brandon respond for himself. But I well, I, I, I will like say to. for those that think the judiciary matters, and I think as a conservative, I would make the argument it may matter more than anything else. Mitch McConnell has been a saint. But I'll let Brandon speak for himself. Well, I would make very clear. You can look me up, Greg. I've written for American Greatness and the American Spectator. I have been very critical of Mitch McConnell. I, like you, and I actually worked on the Hill. I was contemporaneous with him. And I made it very clear at the start of this interview that I was shocked that in the last year or so, McConnell has started to grow a backbone. And the fact that he is continuing on, my expectation was once the election was over, the day after, McConnell would be congratulating Biden. McConnell would be demanding Trump to stop. McConnell's encouraging. And it's not just in public. He's behind the scenes telling Lindsey Graham, of all people, telling Trump, take this all the way to the courts. And I agree. The president has nothing to lose by taking this on. I'm talking about as a movement, you and I. And the people in power who are going to stay in power after Trump, we need to have a plan for pushing the agenda through and holding the line against the Democrats at all costs. That's what I'm talking about. I, am, I don't represent the people you claim to hate. The people who you claim to hate hate me as much as they hate you. So I don't appreciate being lumped in with them. All I'm saying is that at some point, we as a movement have to have a plan forward. And I will say this as well, because I saw this, I was, saw this up close and personal for four years. Um, the, the Trump administration's greatest weakness has been personnel. The, the, one of their weaknesses has always been an inability to have a plan. So now we have, after the election, President Trump finally has people in charge of the Defense Department who are talking about doing that which he campaigned on doing in 2016, pulling out of Afghanistan. We're finding out that the special envoy to Syria and the military had been keeping the actual numbers of U.S. forces in Syria from the president. That is illegal. Why is this just now coming out now? Where was the president and where were, better yet, his people that were tasked with national security? So going forward, we have to, as a movement, have a plan, not just for resisting, but for the day when we get into power, we now have to know we need personnel in place from day one to be able to affect the kind of radical change that you and I support, the kind of change that only Donald Trump was talking about and that someone like Trump could only ever impose. And so I am a big Trump guy. I signed both letters in defense of Trump. My career was ended because I signed the first letter in support of Trump. So I don't really don't appreciate being accused of, of being, you know, the bureaucrat or whatever. But at some point we have to be realistic. And at some point we have to be able to say as a movement – Trump gave the best fight since Reagan. It's over for now, the battle, but the war is just beginning. And let's have a plan for winning that war. I, I like what you said, and I, and I don't want us to be misunderstood either. Um, you know, we, 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 we have said if, if Joe Biden is the president. We, it, right. we have to come to grips, however, with the great likelihood that that could be. And, right. and there is a great likelihood that that not only could be, 
but will be. And, you know, to say that anyone who disagrees with that is the enemy of the Trump that that the Trump movement was geared up to um, to fight is going to lead an awfully thin army. It's going to be an awfully thin (laughs) army. You know, we Brandon and I were there very early, (laughs) very early before probably most in this audience, to be honest with you. So it's 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 let's not turn on each other as we kind of look towards the future. Anyone can see today. Uh, the smart man is who can see tomorrow. And if Trump prevails, great. As I said, Sidney Powell will either prove the goods or she won't. And if she won't, it won't. That's all there is to it. Brandon, um, as far as the Senate goes, we're looking at maintaining a majority by just winning one of the seats in Georgia. I think it's highly likely we win both. But I think it's I also hope. but yeah. I think it's also true gotta, that we are very well poised with this new party that you described in the first segment. Yeah to be much bigger in the Senate and taking back the House in two years. I will tell you what, if if McConnell and the RNC do not fully embrace this movement, the GOP's over, it's the Whig Party. Mm -hmm. This party, the the Trump movement, the Tea Party movement, the nationalist populist movement brought a record number of voters to the right. And it wasn't all, you know, white supremacy or whatever the left is saying, whatever the media is saying. These people were multi-ethnic. You had gays, Muslims, you know, people of all ethnic backgrounds, all religions coming and voting in record numbers for the Republicans. Why? Because of the working class issues. Because the workers of America are the backbone of this country, and for too long both parties forgot about them. And until Trump came along, no party was talking to them. Now the Trump movement brought these working class matters to the fore, and the Republicans, I think, I think, recognize the value in that. Yeah. They're going to do whatever they have to yeah. for the next Long. I think so, to too. Sure I, th- I think there is a new coalition here. Um, I really do. That Reagan was unable to put together. I, I, yeah. I really do. And the party of one percent is interestingly now the Democratic Party. We'll come right back. We'll be right back. If you are uh, thinking about or planning on selling your home, I want you to give my buddy James Wexler a call James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or will pay the difference. He can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer on your home within 24 hours if that's easier for you. He sells more homes than over $500,000 than any other agent in Phoenix and Scottsdale. He's a good friend and I know a lot of people who have used him and they think of highly as highly of him as I do. Give him a call at 480 480- Three eight six zero seven one one, or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's jameswexler, W-E-X-L-E-R.com. Brandon Weikert, concluding thoughts on this Monday, November 16th. Uh, I think the concluding thought is after looking at what China has done and what China is doing and what they plan on doing, um, I think that a potential Biden administration will potentially be the end of America's superpower status. And I think we are about to be living in the Chinese century unless the new administration can grow a backbone and unless the Republicans in Congress can hold the line as best they can. And what I'm sure is going to be an avalanche of executive orders and new treaty attempts to play nicer with the Chinese. The Chinese are the number one threat. We have never faced a threat 
like them ever, not even the Soviet Union. And um, it is not looking pretty. By the way, that's another success. I I was crying in the wilderness, not just me, I mean, but a small group of us were crying in the wilderness on China in the the, the mid-2000s under the Bush administration. And that's a turn now, too. I think think this administration has highlighted a big part of the problem. This administration has had amazing success in foreign policy. The greatest thing is, ironically, Trump is very much a domestic president in terms of what he ran on, but his successes so far have been, ironically, in foreign policy. Uh Uh And the Democrats are going to undo the Abraham Accords. They're going to try to to weaken our resolve against China. And that is terrible because we were having positive momentum with North Korea. We, you know, we put Venezuela back in its box. Cuba was even on the run. I mean, we really had success. That was America first. And my greatest sadness about this election, if it does in fact go the way I fear it will, is that Biden is going to undo all of that. And we will be in a world of vipers yet again. Brandon Weikert, nicely said. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Until next week. I'm Seth Leibson. Yes, Teddy yes. Troy coming right up. We'll be right back.